Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. It's Wells Adams and Tyler Florence hanging out with you. Tyler, what are you doing right now? I feel like you are always on the move. It's so much going on. It's kind of crazy. We're, we're actually having this um, wild week, man. It is a wild week. We're going to open up two new cafe spaces in Union Square, which is the Rodeo Drive of San Francisco. Um, if if you know San Francisco and you know Union Square specifically, there are two cafe spaces up on the deck top mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to be taking over and opening, um, you know, blitz scale style in about 45 days. Um, one's going to be a rotisserie, so it's going to be rotisserie chicken and, and farmer's market fresh side dishes and all-day brunch and rosé on tap and all kinds of fun stuff. Ooh. And on the other one, and that one's across from Gucci uh, on, on, on Stockton Street and on Powell Street, uh, which is across from the West and St. Francis, one of the most beautiful old hotels in America. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's going to be a patisserie, so rotisserie and patisserie. So it's going to be Carla Morrow, our pastry chef at Miller & Lux, her spectacular pastry emporium it's going to be this wild space with this uh, exhibition kitchen where you can watch your work all kinds of cool stuff so that we're, we're just gearing up for that man well and then you are at the forefront of that that's for sure we were just up in san francisco we were doing kind of a, an event for iheart and uh i came up and we had i guess given given away like a, a dinner at your restaurant in miller and lux and so i flew up there for it i had i had been to your restaurant before but before we were doing it we were actually recording an episode and it was our first ever episode. So I don't know if I really got to kind of savor and enjoy and experience the experience of going to your restaurant. But this most recent time going to your restaurant was one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life. The food was phenomenal. It's also like dinner and a show. I mean, you get, you get your, uh, uh, someone comes out there and they, and they cook this, um, they, Toss this amazing Caesar salad right in front of you, and then you came out and made this uh, this amazing uh, was it Dover sole in Dover front sole, of yeah. us, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and made this um, this butter 
Meniere. Lemon sauce. And, yeah. it, and if you want to watch the whole experience, I put it on my TikTok. Um, go watch it over there at Wells Adams. Like everything that we did at Miller and Lux was so great. And anyways, I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and also the bottom of my stomach because b- both of them <laughs> were were filled with happiness and joy. My pleasure. And it was also good, you know, to, to be a part of the iHeart radio family. Cause you know, the, uh, uh, the couple that won the contest, I was excited to have them in. I was kind of bummed out to hear their story. So that, so the prize was two nights in San Francisco flying in dinner with us. So we had mm-hmm. the reservation on the table and there, and the, the, the couple lived in Honolulu, right? Yeah. So Honolulu to the mainland is a six hour minimum flight to get to the West coast. It's not, it's not an easy flight. It's like from here to New York or, or New York to London, like it's the other half of the world. Right. So their flight gets canceled Ugh. from Honolulu. And then they ended up taking like the equivalent of a red eye. So what felt like, you know, a weekend in San Francisco, which sounds lovely, right? Yeah. It's worth the trip was a down and dirty. I think it was 12 hours. I think yeah. it was maybe 24 hours. Right. So they came in mid afternoon and there's also the jet lag thing to think about mm-hmm. had dinner and they were getting back on a flight at like nine o'clock the next morning to fly back to Honolulu. Yeah. But they had an amazing dinner. We sat down and talked with them and they thoroughly enjoyed it. So. Yeah, we took care of him. That, that, that was good. And I love that. And we should do more of that kind of stuff, too. So anybody yeah. out there listening, if you got any really good ideas about contests and stuff like that, we'd love to jump into all that stuff. Because when you win, we win. When everybody wins, when they win, we all win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our guest today is a lady by the name of uh, Bree McCoy, and she is an accidental home cook, the author of Come and Eat and a lover of gathering people around her everyday table. She's the creator of the Everyday Kitchen Masterclass, this five-week online course that teaches people how to become more confident home cooks. Um, and I'm excited to have her on the show. Before we do, I thought we would talk about home cooks and how you feel as, you know, a, 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 a awarded real, you know, restaurateur and chef. So do you think that people need to be trained to be a chef, chef? Well, I, I think it depends. I, I think there's there, there's training and then there's practice. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because cooking is a language and, you know, if you ever tried to learn a language, it's a challenge and consistency is really important. So you have to stick with it and stay with it and practice, 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 right? And eventually it, it doesn't become work anymore, it becomes second nature. And your brain just kind of clicks in, especially like the older you get, right? The older you get, it's harder to learn new stuff, right? So I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, that's always the wall to climb over where people no longer feel uncomfortable in their own kitchen space when it comes to cooking dinner, because everything honestly feels intimidating. Recipes, quantities, shopping, ingredients, how you do it, how do you cook it, how do you not ruin it, whatever. Right? I, and, and you know, cooking with on Food Network for 27 years now, studied this in and out. Like I used to host this show called Food 911, right? So if you guys remember Food 911, because if, if you call 911, the cops show up, right? Yeah. And if you call Food 911, if you burned your tuna noodle, ca- tuna noodle casserole, I would show up, right? And we shot the show for five years. We did about 150 episodes a year. We were Emma Lagasse's lead-in for five years, right? And and so we got a chance to really hang out with everyday people. And this was such an enlightening, sculpting part of my own personal education on how you speak to people and what do you talk to them about, 
right? And so with this exercise of like learning how to sort of down gear the conversation where you're not talking to like other chefs, because sometimes when you're, when you're talking about food and cooking, if you're talking about the other chefs, it's like cops talking to other cops, you're talking code, right? Yeah. Um, Shorthand speak, right? But when you're talking to everyday people, you really got to kind of open up your language, right? You really have to be very descriptive. And also you have to kind of jump into like, not a, not even necessarily one-on-one cooking, sub one-on-one, right? Like it, it's like, okay, that, that elaborate pasta with chicken breast, uh, it looks really great. I just want to know how to cook the chicken breast and not dry it out. Right. And sometimes like that's enough. Yeah. So, so we, you know, I've written, I just finished my 17th cookbook. So we, we've, we've, I, I always think through how can we simplify our conversation, simplify the ingredients, really focus on technique, really focus on how you can maximize uh, into the experience where you look like a superstar in the kitchen with fewer, better things to do and, and less, less uh, uh, ingredients, I mean, less dishes in the sink, right? So you're not making a mess. So I, I think with that, to answer your question, a real long loopy way, you don't have to be classically trained, but I think you do have to have practice, right? And practice makes perfect, right? So I, I and we, I think we've talked about this a couple of times. You, you have to start off with what, like the food style that you feel that you most identify with. Do I like Mexican food? Do I like French food? Do I like Japanese food? Do I like Spanish food? Like, what do I like? And then I think the best thing to do is, is to get a couple of books, get a couple of books that really speak to you and then dig through them, fall in love with it. You know, go fill out your specific pantry that would start to kind of hit all those, some of those ingredients, right? And then choose two nights a week or one night a week, whatever it is, and you're going to cook out of this book. You're going to cook out of this book, right? And then give yourself six months, give yourself a year, wherever it's going to be. And then, then I promise you, you're the, the second you make a recipe twice, it's yours. The third time is when it starts to become fun because then you can start to riff on it, right? Like, you know, you know how it's going to turn out, you know how long it takes, right? And then you could start to sort of fill in the gaps with ingredients that you have in the refrigerator ingredients that you find at the farmer's market, things that, that feel like really kind of speak to you, things that you like more than other things. Let's say you don't like mushrooms and this recipe calls for mushrooms. You can start to riff on it, which is kind of cool. But I, I think that's that magic spot with cooking, right? So I don't think you have to be a chef because I, I think when you're a chef, you do it for a living, right? Regardless if you're, if you're on a food truck or if you work in a hospital or you, you, you know, you work at a ballpark, whatever it is, like if you cook for a living, you're a chef, right? And if you're at home, I, I think you are a really great cook. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because throwing it down at a dinner party is a magic trick. Am I right? Oh yeah. You guys cook a lot at home, right? Absolutely. Well, I do. Yeah, that's cool. Let's talk about, let's flip the script for a second. Okay. So dinner party, you, you got, you have two other couples. We're going to be six all day coming over, right? Okay. And you got a six top coming over, right? And out of your repertoire of things that you know how to throw down, they're going to be successful. What are you making for dinner? Well, my mom's roasted chicken. I can do blindfolded. Yep. So, and that comes with potatoes as well. What is that? So it's, it's really, really simple. It's roasted potatoes in a roasting pan cut in half, uh, like the small ones, 
Yeah, new potatoes, right? Yeah, you throw those in there. Then you get the um, the chicken. You rub the whole thing down with some olive oil and then like garlic salt and whatever other seasoning you want. Yeah. And then you put bacon over the breast and over like yeah, the, yeah. the wings and legs. That's a good tip. And then I need to look at it, the recipe, but then I think it's like 400 for... 10 minutes or something to like brown the bird and then you turn it down and then you do that for like 30 more minutes until the juices run clear and all those juices go into the potatoes. You take that out, you, you know, let it rest, you butcher it up and you kind of mix all the potatoes up because now it's all in this like chicken bacon juice. And then mm -hmm. you put that in different thing. Oh, uh -huh. and it's, uh -huh. it's always a hit. Like it's the easiest, dumbest thing in the world. But if I'm having six people over, I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. Like no questions asked. Easy to do. And everybody's going to love it. Yeah. And then I also like to smoke a lot of stuff. So things I yeah. love smoking shrimp. What are you smoking on? And how come we haven't talked about this? Have we talked about this? I, I think we have, but like I've got one of those electric smokers, which I think are like just the easiest things in the world. And then like a Traeger or something. What do you got? I don't even know what it's called. I got it at, you know, Home Depot for 150 bucks and it's electric. And then you put little wood chips in it and then it's, it smokes Dogger, that. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's mindless, and you just season up your chicken wings or your shrimp in whatever way you want to do it. And I usually just throw that in there. And you know, and when we have a big, we always have big pool parties, so I'll throw all that in there, and then I'll just go dump it out, you know, into big bowls. And it's like everyone go go for it, and everyone's like, "This is the best," you know, "This is the best thing." in the world and then yeah. also i can do tacos like blindfolded and i did tacos actually last night and i said something last night to my wife which is a bold statement and i'm not sure if it's true or not but it's this is what i said all right i, I love skirt steak i oh, love skirt. it yeah me too i think that it goes ribeye for me yeah and then skirt steak i don't like yeah. a fil fillet yeah. no, no, whatever i'm over it like yeah I, and so what we did last night, and it's so I don't good. disagree with that. I don't okay. disagree with that. Thank you. So this is what yeah. I did last night. It's, it's an absolutely amazing recipe. Cilantro, olive oil, soy sauce, citrus, like lemon juice, um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of honey. Mix that up into a marinade. Put that on the skirt steak for about an hour. Threw that on the grill. Bada boom, bada bing. It was so like, and so we made tacos and yeah. I made uh, this amazing guacamole and everything. And afterwards I was like, I don't need the tacos. The The meat is so good just the way it is. And yeah, so meat, guacamole, some like fajitas, peppery, uh, something, something on top of that. Like, and I you know, yeah. sliced it, you know, against the grain. I was just dipping yeah. the meat into the guacamole. Yes, brother. Fire. Yes. Okay. So now this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when, when you, cause this is practice makes perfect, right? So, so skirt steak. Plus marinade du jour, mm -hmm. plus tacos as an end goal, end goal is cooking with a direction. Yeah. And whatever you're into specifically in that moment, you can kind of pivot and swift and it's all going to end up the same way and it's all going to be delicious, right? So yeah. this is my point what I'm saying. If you got a couple of really good things under your belt, move beyond that to like a few more things, right? When you get like, 10, 15 dishes under your belt that you can make with your eyes closed, or you can start to sculpt and build with your eyes closed. You're cooking and it's fun and you can riff on it and you know, it's going to be successful. Yeah. And I, and I, I think a lot of people feel intimidated to take that big step to get to the point where they got five dishes or they got 10 dishes. They got the chicken, they got the skirt stick, they got the, and they make tacos and they know what they're doing. 
And so, so that's just the commitment of, of like being in the kitchen on a regular basis, right? That's you and going, okay, I'm not going to get takeout. I'm going to carve out enough time where I'm not going to feel stressed. I'm going to put some groovy music on in the kitchen. I'm going to pour mm-hmm. myself a glass of wine and mm-hmm. I'm going to fall in love with this because it looks great. And I know I'm going to like it. I know I'm going to have a good time doing it. I know my family's going to like it. And then at the end of this, you feel like, man, we just, we just went on this little crazy adventure for like two hours and you made something amazing. Absolutely. Well, listen, I know what everyone out there is going to like our, our next guest, which is coming up in just a bit. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the author of Come and Eat, Bree McCoy, will be here on Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Stick around. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Wells Adams alongside Tyler Florence. Our guest today is Bree McCoy. She's an accidental home cook and the author of Come and Eat and the lover of gathering people around her everyday table. She is the creator of the Everyday Kitchen Masterclass, a five-week online course that teaches people how to become more confident home cooks. I imagine a lot of listeners out there need to go visit her YouTube channel. You can find recipes at her food blog at rsavorylife.com. Please welcome to the show, Brie McCoy. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. 
It's great to have you here. You know, uh, before you came on, Tyler and I were talking about, you know, because Tyler obviously is an award-winning, you know, master chef. And I was asking if he thinks people need to be trained to be a chef. Now, I, I imagine you didn't go to culinary school, but you are a home chef. Do you think that people need to be trained to be a chef? I do not think so. I do not think the everyday home cook needs to be trained to be the chef um, as the caliber of Tyler. I know all about Tyler and I was very nervous. <laughs> I was like, please don't ask me how to cook a rabbit. I don't know. I, I, if you want to jump in, we jump into that. We'll talk about it. But like, but this is what I'm saying. Like, nobody cares about the rabbit. You know what I mean? I love rabbit. You want to talk about rabbit? But like, the very small, narrow group of folks are going. We're having rabbit for dinner tonight, right? Um, but uh, but I I think you know the difference between like being trained as a chef. So what you're producing is commercially competitive in in the the landscape of restaurants. I think you need a little training, right? But I think yeah. if it's about getting dinner on the table, yeah. I think it's 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 experience and practice. Not necessarily training, but literally getting in the kitchen, getting your hands dirty, chopping up stuff, and actually physically getting there and cooking something for dinner tonight. It's practice. Exactly. I think it's all about what you were saying, like that end goal. Like for me, I am an accidental home cook. I never wanted to learn how to cook. Um, but when I realized I got to start cooking because uh, I'm going to go into debt, through takeout. When I started to learn to cook, I was like, my goal here is just to feed the people at the table every evening. Like I'm not, I'm not going to try to win any awards or medals. Um, but I mean, now I really love cooking. So then you fall down that, fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Cook that rabbit. Yeah. I think it's funny. Like I think the, the, the best cook that I've ever had cook for me probably is Tyler Florence, but then like a close second was my best friend growing up his grandma or is Nona, who is this Ital old Italian who didn't speak a lick of English, who just like cut garlic with her thumb and a small knife. Like what she was one of those people. Who, and it was so good. So yeah. you can either be the, you know, the James Beard award winning Michelin star chef, or you can be like the old Nona from the old world. And it can be just as fire with, with equal reverence. Yeah. <laughs> with equal reverence. Cause like, as, cause we're, we're always kind of searching for that soul of our food. Mm -hmm. yes. like, like as as artists, you want you kind of want to make it fancy, but there's no replacing that deep flavor profile that it comes in knowing how to make food taste delicious. Oh, I love that with equal reverence. I think that also goes back to like I think about all the experiences and memories I have around food, and they run the gamut. They're at my grandma's table, and they're also at Michelin star restaurants. Like just through my life, I'm having delicious meals from all different caliber of chefs and cooks. Fantastic. All right, so so let, let, let's talk about your school. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing it for three years. I actually started it during the pandemic because I was getting a lot of people on Instagram coming to me and saying, oh my gosh, like all the restaurants are closed down. Everything's closed down. And I truly do not know how to cook. Can you teach me how to cook? And yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that. And so I took a few weeks to build the course. And really what I did is I just was like, what is everything I wish that I knew when I started to cook? Like, what are the foundational, truly foundational things? Like, I knew nothing about salt. I, I literally was like, all salt is salt. We, there's no difference. I didn't know how to cook food in my pan without it sticking. I didn't know why you would marinate something or tenderize meat. And so I gathered all of those foundational lessons and I built out a five-week course where you learn a lesson and then we cook a meal. And then we build on that lesson. 
So we, then we learn another lesson and we cook a meal that uses those two lessons and so on and so forth. So this is a cook along thing, right? People are yes. over Zoom. Okay, cool. Trip. I love that. That's cool. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I really wanted people to feel like they could ask me, like be on Zoom and show me like this. Why is my chicken looking like this right now? Or why does it taste like this? And I want to just come alongside them and be like, well, let's, let's like workshop this. Let's see what's going on. That's what I love about cooking is a lot of times you can turn it around. Okay. So I go to bremacoy.com. I click on your website. I find your online class. Th then what do I do? Then you just sign up for it. And the class actually is the first class that's coming up. So it, they're seasonal courses. The first course that's coming up is popcorn and champagne. And that's releasing in October. There's a wait list for that right now. And that's a food and wine pairing course. So it's the same, like we learn a skill, but it's for those people that like love to pair food and wine. And um, I got a level two from the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. So that's where I feel I'm like, okay, I learned something there, which by the way, that's all maps. Wine is all maps. Yep. I thought I was going to be tasting so much delicious wine. I did, but I was like, what are the, what are the maps? Uh, um, wait, what does that, what does that mean? What, what, what are the maps? Okay. So when you're learning about wine, a lot of it is based on like the soil, where it's grown, the weather, oh. like how is it made in the French style? Is it made in the Spanish style? And I just didn't know that I was like, this is a red, this is a white. Yeah. yeah ter terroir, geography, and sunshine. Exactly. So many maps. I was like, this is geography. Yeah. someone tricked me but um that's the first one and that's also five weeks and it's also like and that really that rolls out in october and then the everyday kitchen Masterclass rolls out on black friday and we start it on january 1st so we okay. all go through it together at the beginning of the year right, so it's five weeks so it's one night a week for five weeks or it's like 40 hours a week for five weeks it's one hour a week but they get like i think eight hours of lesson in a week so they have pre-recorded videos they watch so I teach how to like chop an onion or whatever. And then when we get into the live class, they've already learned that and walked through that course. Okay, great. Fabulous. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach how about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's the skill that you teach that your students are the most like, oh my God, I didn't know, but you were like, I can't believe you didn't know this, or I can't believe this, that's so simple. Because I imagine there's one thing that every every time you teach it, they're like, oh God. That light bulb moment, right? That light yeah. bulb moment. Yeah. What is that? That light bulb moment. The one that shocked me, there's one that I thought it was going to be, and there's one that shocked me. The one that shocked me was um, getting your, your knives sharpened. Which okay. I just, I kind of said that in like, and everybody remember, like, you can get your knife sharpened. And I told, here's how to test to see if your knife needs to be sharpened, which, you know, you can just run it down a piece of paper. And if it goes, and I showed, I showed them on video and people were like, wait, you have to sharpen your knives. And I, and I was like, oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> because they dull over time. And so I just assumed again, like I was, I tried to think about 26 year old Bree. She literally knew nothing and she didn't know you could get your knife sharpened. Like she was like, I bought a really nice, I bought a hundred dollar knife. I don't have to ever worry or fix this thing ever again. Yeah. Like, you gotta get sharpened. And then the one that I, that like blew my mind when I myself was learning how to cook and that I love teaching is how to cook food in a pan, in a stainless steel pan without it sticking. Cause okay. I, I was like, I just, I was like, it was like a mystery every night. I went in my kitchen. I was like, maybe the chicken will stick. Maybe it won't. Yeah. Like, I guess we'll find out. And I didn't know there was like an actual science to like he properly heating your pan. Oh. And so it can't comes to the right temperature, keeping your pan at the right temperature. And then every single time your food is going to sear beautifully, it's going to flip like it's on nonstick, like it's on butter. So, so jump into that for a second, because like, the, and I, I'm with you, I, I do a lot of online cooking classes and stuff like that through zoom and god during the pandemic I, I think we did 300 of them i mean it was just like where everybody wanted to do and like so it was kind of fun but, um so so like jump into that for a second so you you've got a saute pan and you've got two pieces of salmon right the refrigerator cold you just got them from the market you got you have salt you have fish you have olive oil and you have a pan tell everybody how to make a serum without a stick okay so the first thing that i like to teach and this is kind of where we jump off is how to properly heat your pan. First, your salmon is going to be on the counter. We don't want to put it in the pan cold. We want it to kind of come to room temperature. So just let your ingredients kind of sit right there. And for people who don't understand how to properly heat their pan, I do the water drop test. I, I teach them the water drop test. So you put your, I always tell everybody, put their uh, heat on medium, medium high. And then you take about an eighth teaspoon, a quarter teaspoon of water like after 30 to 60 seconds, drop that water in there. And if the water becomes a bubble and just glides around your pan, your pan is properly heated. You can go ahead and add your oil and your butter. 
and then put your fish in there. If the bubble like sizzles, it needs to heat a little bit more. It's it's not ready. And so you're just looking for that, you know, really perfect. Because once the once the water's gliding across the pan, you basically have a nonstick pan. And that's and everybody's always like, wait, I didn't know that there was a way. Like, cause some people it's like, oh, it takes me my I've lived in seven different houses in 11 years. And I'm like, this, this stove takes me five minutes to get to like a nice temperature. This one took two minutes. So I always do it when I have a new stove, but then I cook my um, salmon on there nicely salted. It only takes a few minutes on each side. And the other way you can know is when you go to flip your fish, if it still kind of seems like it's holding onto the pan, it's not ready. It's not ready. Just let it, it wants to be happy in the pan, let it hang out. Go in another 30 seconds later, because when it's ready, it will, if your pan is properly heated, it will easily release. Yeah. And another really good tip inside that, um, that I, I think is really important is to make sure you dry off the excess moisture on the outside of your protein. Oh right? yeah. So if you've got salmon, pork chops, shrimp, scallops, you name it. Just take a paper towel, blot the excess moisture where it feels kind of dry to the touch. It'll always feel a little sticky because it's like raw protein, but it can't feel damp. It can't feel like it's got to feel just dry, as dry as you possibly can. Then you're, you're going to promote a nice crispy texture on the outside, and you're going to have less of that protein that's going to fuse to the bottom of the pan. So the temperature of the pan is also really important. So is the temperature of the olive oil, right? So you got to okay. make sure your pan is preheated, nice and hot, room temperature olive oil, right? And then, and then nice dry surface season with salt. We only put pepper at the end, not the beginning pepper burns. Right. Yep. And, and then you want to drop it away from you, not towards you. Cause you don't want that splash on you. And then, and then li- literally you could shake it. And then, then both of them will start gliding across. Like there's ice skating. Yes. And and they're, they're going to fall and it never sticks. And every time I do that in front of people, they're like, holy shit. Yes. Like, like, I'm like, let me tell you, you're putting cold protein in a cold pan, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and you're not like, so that protein on the outside of the surface needs to begin to sear immediately, right? Because yes. if it starts to steam, because things steam before they sear, right? So it's got to be a temperature that's hotter um, than 212, of course, 212, but way hotter than that, like four or 500 degrees. And so when it hits that hot oil, it begins to fuse immediately, right? And then every time I do that in front of people, they're like, oh my God, that's the most amazing thing I've seen my entire life. Those are the magic moments that you feel like you're cooking and it's fun. It becomes Dark fun. knife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I feel like when, and I tell people this all the time because they're like, I hate cooking. I dread cooking. And I'm like, if you learn to cook, if you just learn a few skills, again, not like you don't need a whole encyclopedia, like knowledge of cooking. If you just learn a few skills, you can find joy in the kitchen. Cause I, those things were happening. Like I would see my salmon just glide across the pan or I would flip my chicken. And it was so perfectly seared. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. I feel like, yeah. cook, but also maybe a magician. Yeah. 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 And success is not an accident. So if you, if you can nail it, and then you can get, be really consistent with that. You start to, then it moves in from like the happy accident into technique, right? Yes. And the technique you learn how to master. I talk about that because when I set out to write this book and what a lot of home cooks were asking me is like, I want to become a perfect home cook. And I was like, well, that's, I, that's not what we're going for here, but I think I can teach you confidence. And I think what confidence gives you is the ability to pivot when things do start to go wrong. Mm-hmm. I think perfection is I'll never get it wrong. And confidence is, wait, 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 I, maybe my pan wasn't heated hot enough. How can I turn? Like, I know what happened. Now I know how to fix it or how to turn it around. Yeah. You turn it up, you turn it down, you leave it on a little bit longer. You let it reduce a little bit longer. 
you know, okay, so let, let's jump into seizing. That, that's another thing that I think a lot of people have a hard time with is, is going from, okay, um, I, I'm going to give you a couple of ingredients. Tell me how to make it taste delicious. We're going to make a tomato sauce. Okay. okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a handful of ingredients. To tell, tell me what order they go in and how to make it delicious. So you got onions, you got garlic. All right. You got a little bit of fresh oregano, fresh oregano. All right. You have two cans of whole San Marzano tomatoes. Okay. Yeah. You got a little bit of sugar, right? A little bit of red wine vinegar. You got salt and you got some olive oil. Okay. Well, I will just say that I literally had a nightmare that this was going to happen last night. I was like, Tyler <laughs> is going to give me ingredients and I am going to be like, um, you open the can. Yeah. Right. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would um, keep my pan properly. I would put some olive oil in there, get the olive oil heated properly. I do some nice diced tomato, uh, not tomato, onion. And I would saute my onion up in that. And then right when the onion gets a little bit translucent, so maybe three to five minutes, I would throw in my minced garlic, but just for like just for like a minute because that you don't want it to burn. So as soon as that happens, I would then throw in my diced or canned tomatoes. If they're whole, I would kind of like mash push them up. up. Yeah, yeah, push them up. Up, yeah, push them up. Push them up a little bit. Um, I also would then, okay, so we have the tomatoes. Then I'm letting that simmer a little bit. I would salt it. I would um, add that pinch of sugar to cut the acidity from the tomatoes I would then as it's simmering, maybe near the end of the simmering, I might add, I like red wine in my, like I might glaze a little bit with some red wine, like fourth cup of red wine. Like in the Godfather. Uh, Yes, exactly. A little red wine for the sauce, a little red wine for me. And I would do some, what, where are we? Oh, and then I would do, oh, the fresh oregano at the end, because I would want to keep that freshness uh, still like, I wouldn't want to overcook the oregano. So maybe yeah. add that a little bit at the end, um, taste for seasoning. Sometimes I like to add in, like, if I want it a little creamy, I might add a little cream or even just like at the end, some Parmesan cheese. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then I would taste that and eat it. Boom. Okay, great. Now, what this is where like the, the web of cooking starts to become really kind of interesting, right? Now, what can you do with that basic marinara sauce? Oh, you can do, obviously you can do spaghetti. You can do a lasagna. You can do meatballs. You can do um, a sub sandwich with it. You pizza. can pizza can with it. Oh, chicken, Ooh, chicken parm. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have these, um, I call them su- summer chicken cutlets because I, it was getting really warm, but I still was craving like that coziness of like a chicken Parmesan. And so I actually dredged my chicken in some buttermilk and lemon juice. So it felt bright. It still felt bright. Like spring is here, but then I added that sauce on it. So it was like, no, I'm- no, no, no breadcrumb on top of that. Or just like, oh, just- there's breadcrumb. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The lemon yeah. juice, you- go back a little bit. You said yogurt. what did you say? Buttermilk and lemon buttermilk. juice. Buttermilk yeah. as the, as the breading and then breadcrumb. Yes. Okay, yeah. Good, I like dredged good. it in there okay. so yep. that when you like, it's like my favorite spring, like, parmesan dish because you're like it's not super cold outside you're you're going into warm weather so you want a little brightness there's just like fresh basil on top you could take that same sauce puree it and make tomato soup for grilled cheese sandwich bang this is what i'm saying bloody mary bloody mary you could you could you could totally do that for sure for sure eggs and purgatory eggs and purgatory you could bake Ah. it too right so this is what i'm saying so so this is where like like if you can learn a few handful of really, really great, competent recipes from from somebody as talented as Bree McCoy, right? 
right? And then, and then, and then you you take that information. You could freeze it. You know, you could use it a thousand different ways. And then when you open up the refrigerator, the refrigerator actually tells you what's for dinner tonight versus yeah. that panic moment. And you don't know what to make. I love that. Let the refrigerator tell you. Let the refrigerator yeah. boss you. Yeah. It's like, this is what we're doing for dinner tonight, right? Yeah. Love that. Tell us all about your cookbook and why everyone needs to go buy it immediately. So I wrote this cookbook that it was based off the Everyday Kitchen Masterclass because after I had thousands of people go through that course. And the one thing that I got back in surveys all the time was I need this in a book because, you know, yeah. they're printing out PDFs or whatever. And so I was like, I think I can do that. Let's do it. And so it is a technique book. Like I, it's not just recipes. It follows the same thing where you I'll teach a technique and then we make a recipe and then I teach a technique and we make a recipe. And then at the end, it's it's really, I think the resource every home cook needs. So I feel like after someone cooks through this cookbook, they truly will experience joy and confidence in the kitchen. They'll have recipes on hand that they'll make forever and ever. And then at the end, there is a beginner's bar cart guide and a food and wine pairing guide. For those moments when you are like not just cooking every night, but you wanna entertain or have people over. So there's a little bit of like, gathering techniques at the end too. That's great. Like, like entertaining. Yes. That's the other thing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's my wife's superpower amongst other many, many superpowers. She can set up a mean bar, right? My wife's impeccable. So classy, so beautiful. And she, and she knows how to make flowers. Her flowers are beautiful. Oh my God. Like my wife is the perfect entertaining partner. I cook and she makes the dining room. Looks, she knows how to set a table. Like these are oh. all great life lessons. Millennials, listen up. Millennials, That's listen not- up. Learn, learn how to learn how to have a dinner party. Learn how to set a table. Learn how to set a bar. Learn how to do flowers. Exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I will say quickly about the cookbook. It is out right now, um, and it went to a bestseller list, so it became a best-selling cookbook. So that was exciting, and it's in its second print run. So I would grab a copy if you can, because we're about to be out until December. Wow. Good for you. That is amazing. Yeah. Is this, is this your first cookbook though? Yes. Okay. How'd you feel? How'd you feel when you saw your cookbook in your hand for the first time? Oh, well, I was very nervous because I was like, what if everything is wrong? (laughs) But I, I was like, what if, like, what if I forgot to put like the bake time or, you know, what, like super nervous about that. But, um, I, oh, I loved it. I like, it's so pretty. It's so approachable. I am so proud of it. I feel like she has a persona of her own. She just wants to be like in your all's kitchens, besties with you all cooking alongside you. What a beautiful cover too, right? What a gorgeous, what a gorgeous book. What a gorgeous, pretty, pretty, beautiful book. That is so pretty. So much. That means so much. I wanted it to be very like classic and just Timeless, timeless. Yeah, yes. exactly. What is your favorite recipe in the cook's book? Oh, oh, probably I do have a chicken sandwich in there called Even on Sundays Chicken Sandwich for the people who want, like, I feel like everybody craves the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich on Sundays, at least I, yeah. and I, so I'm like, even on Sundays, it's my even on Sundays chicken sandwich. Doesn't matter what day of the week it is. And it is just so juicy and it like crushes my cravings every single time. It's brined in pickle juice. Of course it is. The chicken is brined in pickle juice. And so it's like flavorful, juicy, and I make it a lot. Ooh. You want to something funny? Quick story. So my, my, my 15 year old daughter has a new boyfriend. 
right? And oh. this, and this, right. So, uh, so my, my, uh, my other, so my 16 year old son, he says, dad, that fried chicken sandwich thing. Can we make that tonight? I'm kind of craving it. And I'm like, yeah, he actually went down to the grocery store to get all the ingredients for the fried chicken sandwich. Cause he knows like, sometimes I'll punk out if we can't make it. And this is what, you know, like cooking at home. I'm like, dude, we don't have the cabbage or what do you know what I mean? We don't have the bun, whatever it is. Right. So he literally goes down to the grocery store, comes back with everything to make the sandwich. Cause dad, make me the sandwich. So I make the sandwich. Right. And, and, and I, I, I'm not bragging. I'm not a braggy kind of guy. You know what I mean? But these fried chicken sandwiches were masterpieces, masterpiece fried chicken sandwich. Right. It's like, and he, he, instead of getting chicken thighs, he got, uh, he got, uh, uh chicken tenders, which is cool. Right. Yeah. yeah so dry wet. And he, he loves going through the science of cooking. Right. So we went dry, wet, dry, really nice crumb on the outside of it. I, I like to use just like, like Lowry's is it Lowry's? I think it's Lowry's like, but they're, they're, they're garlic salt with the parsley flake on top of that. Yep. Great, great seasoning ingredient to have in the kitchen all the time. Cause it just, it just works so a little, garlic, little parsley. It's great for breadcrumb. It's nice. Right. So, so we, we bread up these chicken tenders. Right. And then, and then again, bring your temperature of your saute pan up add a little bit of room temperature, olive oil, and I'm just browning these things. Right. But, but he, he wants to get the instant read thermometer and he wants to probe the chicken tenders. Cause I'm like, dude, everybody says to cook them the 160, and that's a mistake because that's where dehydration starts. You want to pull them off at like 152, 155, because then they're hella juicy. They're yes. cooked all the way through and they're they're not dried out yet. Now, 155, they're still cooking, right? So we take right. them out and rust. We're still gonna cook them the way up, right? So bang. So then take the cabbage. I talk the chop the cabbage up, right? <clears throat> and then so cabbage, and then I sliced up a jalapeno because it likes it spicy. And then, and then, um, and here's my other little secret trick. Cause you said Chick-fil-A, yeah. Chick-fil-A makes a Chick-fil-A sauce that you can buy commercially. Oh yes. Wow. That's yes. so good. Yes. That's so good. Now I don't use it a hundred percent. I go 50, 50, right? So like, like mayo, sour cream is a base, right? Yeah. Yep. And then I add, I add some of the Chick-fil-A sauce and then I add a little sriracha to that too. Ooh. And, then, and then lime juice. So it's got a little ghosty hand of Chick-fil-A in the back note, a little bit of a little thing going on, right? Oh right. my gosh. So then, then I use that. So I 50, 50. So I've saved some on the, cause you got to drizzle the chicken when it's on the sandwich. Oh, and yeah. then you got to make the coleslaw with that. Right. Yep. So I'll make the coleslaw with this. Right. I take the bun. He's got really good Hawaiian buns. Right. It's like yeah. soft, eggy Hawaiian buns, brush a little bit of uh, olive oil on the outside, griddle them. They're nice and toasty. Right. Yep. Big fat, beautiful tomatoes. My tomatoes are popping right now. Big fat heirloom slice of tomato on the bottom. So you got to go, you got to go tomato on the bottom. So I went a little bit of this like sauce, Ooh. tomato, uh, uh, chicken tender stack. Oh, I forgot. There's two slices of bacon on this too. Ooh. Right. Cabbage on top of this. Right. And then toasted bun. And then when you squished it and made this wet, crunchy sound <laughs> that just sounds delicious right? You know what I mean? It just sounds like this crunchy, wet, yummy, spicy goodness inside the stuff. Right. Oh, so I, so I, I made two sandwiches. Okay. I made two sandwiches. I made one for him and I made one for his sister. Okay. His sister didn't want to eat because his sister had a boyfriend over. Right. And the boyfriend comes in the kitchen and I'm like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. We won't mention his name. <laughs> But, but, uh, uh, cause I don't know how long it's going to be. He's before. dead now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Into the story. Right. Swimming the fishes. Right. But I, so, but I, I had this like masterpiece of this like sandwich. You know, I'm not saying anything. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like, don't you know who I am? Whatever. Right. But, but you're in my kitchen. You know what I mean? 
And I was like, hey, dude, nice to meet you. What? Are, I just made this like uh, uh, fried chicken sandwich. You know, it, it, it's on the counter here. Would, would you like it? And he said, no, thank you. I'm sorry, what? Strike one. That's what I said. Strike one, strike two, <laughs> strike three. Stand and walk out. Get out of here. Take a hike. Are you kidding oh, me? I'm How- sorry. I would be like, do you, do you know who I am? You know who yeah. I am? You silly haircut. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Back on your bicycle oh. and get out of here. <laughs> you going to turn me down and turn that masterpiece of a sandwich down? Absolutely not. That is Absolutely why. not. I cut it and I cut it. Well, you said my mom's making dinner. I'm like, hush your mouth. You, you want to be, you, you, you want to get along uh, in this family? Well, yeah. <laughs> you got to eat. Okay. So I cut it in half. I cut it in half. Right. And then I and I, I text my wife. I'm like, I made fried chicken sandwiches. Do you want it? Because she she had she had ordered takeout earlier. It was kind of like one of those like messy nights. Nobody knew what was going on, right? Oh yeah. She ordered takeout, and I was making fried chicken sandwiches. So there's there's a mixed match of food on the counter. So she had like a little bit of Chinese food, the salad thing, and I and I bring her I bring her a quarter of the sandwich. Now my wife's eyes roll back in her head, and she said, "Honey, chef's kiss, ten out of ten. Oh, chef's kiss, ten out of ten. It's all all the spots. You know what I mean?" And then and then uh, and then I had this other half of the quarter of the sandwich and I agree. And so I saved the other half for this this new kid with a silly haircut and and silly kid, silly haircut. Do you know how all the teenagers have this like weird? They all have the same haircut. You know, what oh, I'm talking? yeah, the flop, I saw this, the flop. They, I saw this told my wife sent me this meme the other day and this this uh, this couple who just just rail on kids all the time in a funny way. She had a head of lettuce on her head upside <laughs> down with these little floppy little things poking up. And I'm like, that is so funny because because when I drop my my kids off at high school, every kid has the same haircut and it's so goofy. So anyway, so 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 like, I, and I save half of this sandwich for this kid, and 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 he 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 takes a big bite of it, and I think I changed his life. That's that right. Kid, That's that right. Took, that kid took one bite of that sandwich and he looked up at me right with eyes full of respect. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's right. He took right. one big messy bite of that sandwich. He looked at me. He goes, "All right, now, now I'm no, I'm talking to. Yeah, <laughs> oh no, I'm talking to. This, by I, the way, this is Tyler's version of like the boyfriend coming over and the dad's cleaning a shotgun. Yeah. You realize yeah. that, right? This is exactly. how he kind yeah. of displays his dominance. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna cook <laughs> you dinner. I'm gonna watch you eat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna make it extra, extra spicy. See if you can take it, punk." Comes over, he's sharpening sharpening those knives yeah, like you were yeah. talking about. My favorite is that like you did not back down. You were like, oh no, you're eating this sandwich. Like you're Thanks, eating bro. this. Sandwich. You gonna tell me no? You gonna Never. tell this, this masterpiece fried chicken sandwich no? This that's, isn't gonna work out. Well. This, this is not, not working. Gonna, this is not gonna work. Oh, out. that's when you know. That's when you know that you just did create a masterpiece. You're like, yeah. no, sit yeah. down. Well, yeah. what, 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 and he bit into it and he just looked at me like eyes full of respect. I'm like, there you go. That's how you do it. Man. That's right. That's right. You know who's out there. That's right. Well, Bree, we got nothing but eyes full of respect for you. The new, uh, the new cookbook you need to go get because apparently it's going to sell out again very, very yeah. soon is called The Cook's Book, The Ultimate uh, Anyone Can Cook Guide. Um, the website is briemccoy.com. Uh, where can people find you on social media, follow you, all that stuff? 
Yes, I am most active on Instagram at Brie McCoy. And you all, it's tricky because McCoy is M-C-K-O-Y. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's tricky. But at Brie McCoy, you can find me everywhere, YouTube, everywhere. At my well, name. well, Brie, you are as lovely as they come. Congratulations on all the success. Um, <laughs> if, if we could ever collaborate on anything in the future, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. You can be an honorary dude in the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're, <Fine>. in. <laughs> You're in. That's it. <laughs> you guys are so great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on and best of luck with uh, everything going on. You rock. This is a really fun episode. And, and now I want to go make like a tomato sauce and just dip bread in it. Really? Yeah. Right. Don't you? I love that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing better. Nothing better in summertime. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, Bree. Thanks so much for coming on two dudes in the kitchen. We love you. Absolutely. So I, this is a big lesson to yeah. all the folks out there in the world who want to get into content creation. Mm -hmm. You have to be yourself and you have to let the personality drive it. And oh, she yeah. is so charming. Oh yeah. You could, I mean, I, I hate that this was a podcast because you couldn't see her, but like you could tell that she just uh, like radiates joy and energy and awesomeness always. And that, yeah, it's obviously coming out in her, in her, in her food and those lessons that she's doing online, which is great. I mean, so, so be yourself, be funny, be authentic, know what you're talking about and don't try too hard. Cause you could tell this is like that, that Rachel Ray thing. She's got that it factor, which is really interesting. Like mm -hmm. Rachel Ray was just sort of like when she kind of came out on the scene, silly, goofy herself, you know, I'm not a chef. I'm just like you. I'm just trying to get dinner on the table. And she was funny. She would tell jokes and tell stories. And I think Bree's got it going on. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I learned a lot in this episode. This was a lot of fun. The main takeaway, though, is if I was ever dating Tyler's daughter, I would eat whatever the hell he put in front of me because I highly recommend it. If not, I might be swimming with the fishes. Don't tear me. Yeah, you turn me down. Forget it. <laughs> All right, buddy, it's a fun episode. Everyone out there, thank you so much for listening to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. We'll be back uh, again next week. Don't forget to come hungry. See you guys. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards 
like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.